Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. England's maternity safety. Although maternity safety has improved in England, the death of a number of newborn babies at several hospitals in recent years were a stark reminder that maternal safety is not improving fast enough. According to BBC News, a report by the Health and Social Care Committee says a culture of blame was preventing staff from admitting mistakes and lessons being learned. The committee chair also stated that a thousand more babies a year would survive if England's maternity services were as safe as Sweden's. The report gave direct recommendations and findings to improve maternity services. 1,900 more midwives and 500 more consultants were needed to deliver a safe service. Women and babies belonging to ethnic minorities and poorer backgrounds were at a greater risk of death than their peers. A no-blame compensation scheme should be introduced. And lastly, the budget for maternity services should be increased by an extra 200 to 350 million pounds per year. Now, OBGYN said that they've been deeply concerned for some time now about how stretched and understaffed maternity services are in England. Dr. Edward Morris, the president of the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, said, we are well aware that this sort of pressurized environment can affect the quality and safety of care provided to mothers and their babies and restricts the choices available to women. The Royal College of Midwives said that the services they provided were among the safest in the world and getting safer, but too many women are let down by the National Health Service. The Midwives Organization agrees with the Health and Social Care Committee report and is calling for more investment in staffing, training, and resources. Researchers use Fitbit data to track long-term COVID effects. A Gallup poll indicates that nearly 20% of Americans wear a Fitbit or other wearable fitness tracking device. Throughout the pandemic, a few studies found that the device's constant collection of heart rate, body temperature, and physical activity data might be helpful to flag early indicators of covid According to the New York Times, new research suggests that Fitbits and other fitness watches can also provide insight into recovery from COVID and its long-term effects. A paper published in early of July in the Journal of the American Medical Association, Network Open, found that patients who recovered from COVID saw behavioral and physiological changes that could last for months after testing positive. 
These changes also lasted longer than they did in patients with other respiratory illnesses. Now, while participants with COVID and other respiratory diseases had slept more and had elevated heart rates in the months after recovering, the change recorded was much more pronounced in COVID patients. It took non-COVID participants four days to return to normal resting heart rate, while it took an average of 79 days for COVID patients. According to the New York Times, this long elevation in heart rate might indicate that COVID-19 affects the autonomic nervous system, which regulates physiological processes. This may also be why people with long COVID symptoms report dizziness and heart palpitations. One limitation of the study so far is that the consistency of how long participants report their symptoms after they get sick, but scientists interested in Fitbit data plan to ask participants to record for longer periods of time in the future. If utilized effectively, this consistent data could be incredibly useful. sexually transmitted diseases on the rise. Now, as COVID infection rates go down, public health experts warn us that sexually transmitted infections are going up. David Harvey, executive director of the National Coalition of STD Directors, spoke to NBC News and said, we are expecting the summer of love. People are going to be reconnecting this summer as they come out of this pandemic, and we think that this is unfortunately going to drive STI rates even higher. The general consensus of public health experts, doctors, and even dating experts is that people are now making up for lost time due to the pandemic. Now, while reclaiming human connection has been wonderful for so many people, unfortunately, it can spell disaster for STI rates that have already been climbing for years. The CDC states that more than 2.5 million infections were reported in 2019. Since 2015, cases of chlamydia have increased by 19%. Gonorrhea was up by 56% and more alarming syphilis jumped to 74%. The National Coalition of STD Directors reports that 2019 was the sixth consecutive year of the highest STI numbers in American history, with those numbers made worse by the pandemic as clinics closed and people stopped getting tested. Doctors and public health experts say part of the underlying problem appears to be a change in attitudes about safe sex, particularly among young people who accounted for half of all infections, according to the CDC. Researchers have found that college-age students were more comfortable getting tested for COVID-19 then STIs. What? <laughs> a 2019 CDC survey of high school students found that nearly 50% didn't use a condom the last time they had sex. What? How could that be? Now, while people have now grown accustomed to protecting themselves against COVID-19 transmission, unfortunately, those lessons did not translate over to protecting themselves against STIs. Targeted education needs to occur to help reconnect emotionally and physically in safer ways because many have lost those soft social skills. As a result of forced isolation during the pandemic, we must relearn how to stay safe in every aspect of our lives. Researchers seek approval for COVID breathalyzer test. For years, scientists have been interested in creating breathalyzer disease tests, portable and non-invasive ways to test for illness. 
This task has proven to be difficult because many variables affect our breath. Different diseases can cause similar changes, and diet and smoking can also change the chemicals we breathe out. So according to the New York Times, advancements in machine learning and sensors has helped to overcome these challenges, and several groups have begun seeking authorizations for breathalyzer COVID tests. Singapore approved two tests in May, and researchers at the Ohio State University have applied for emergency authorizations with the FDA. Now, whenever we exhale, we release gases called volatile organic compounds, or VOCs. When we're sick, processes like digestion that release VOCs can be disrupted, changing what we breathe out. One company that developed a breathalyzer test, the Breathomix, has been making an electronic nose in order to detect other respiratory diseases like lung cancer and asthma. They use the system to develop their COVID test. Now, the New York Times reports that the company's researchers found that COVID patients had higher levels of aldehydes in their breaths, which are produced by inflammation and ketones, which indicate damage to the pancreas. If this technology proves to be useful, it could help to overcome a major deterrent for some in getting tested for COVID, the nose swab. Just as a reminder, that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs? Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home, and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.